Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux, I am Peter, that is Connor, we talk about movies on this show and we are concluding up Bat Month because it is the 8th birthday of Batman, Detective 1000 is coming out or has maybe just come out depending on when you're you're hearing this episode and this is the final Batman movie we're doing this month which is The Dark Knight Rises, we did the first two in the Nolan trilogy, we did obviously the, the, the four previous films so this is kind of our, our epic conclusion. I like how it took you seven movies of introduction to finally conflate Batman month into just Bat month. You say that as if that's the thing I should have done the whole time. But it probably is. I, I so. feel like both are completely acceptable terms. In theory. But no. <sighs> you are the worst. Seven Batman movies in. Obviously, there's some animated movies. Obviously, there's the 60s movies. Or the 160 movie, rather. Um... No doubt we'll get to a lot of that stuff at some point in the future, but for Batman to be focused on the main seven live-action films, and no doubt someday we'll probably do something else for Batman v Superman, it'll happen. I make no promises to that. But this is what we chose to do and what our ending point was. There was a chance we might have squeezed in something else, but, you know, we're getting late in the month now, and, yeah, like, things are about to ramp up TV-wise. <laughs> there ain't no chance. So Dark Knight Rises is the third and final film in the Christopher Nolan trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, which is now, is, that's what it became to be known as uh, by the time this had come out. I, I guess because two of them have Dark Knight in the title, it was the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, as far as naming conventions goes, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so, I mean, I guess I'll just give a spoiler warning. I feel like, you know, yeah, you've seen it, you've not at this point. <laughs> if, you, if you want to hear someone talk about it for over an hour, you probably already care and have an opinion in some way. So, spoiler warning is given. Uh, so, I will start off, because typically speaking, this is this is widely regarded as the weakest of the three. This is widely regarded as the disappointing one after Dark Knight by many a people. So, I will open the question to you, Connor. Uh, do you like The Dark Knight Rises? Yes. Although not as much as I remember. Interesting. So it's been a while since you'd watched this last then? Been a few years, yeah. Um, probably maybe four four years, I don't know. Been a while. Yeah, it's probably been about that for me as well. Four or five years since I last, yeah. I last watched it. So, yeah, I was curious coming into this actually. How would I feel after so much time off, coming in with a new perspective? You know, maybe without the... Yeah, because I was hyped as shit when this was coming out. Like, I, yeah. I was through the moon looking forward Lonely to this. All. Like, Avengers had just come out, and that was fantastic, right? But I was still more excited for this. I just was. Um, yeah. And so, you know, in fact, this this actually stands as the only movie I have ever seen twice in the same day at the theatre. <laughs> really? Yeah. I literally okay. came out of a show and went straight into another one. I get it. You know, it was it was it was a big day. It was a big day. Um, mm. So, uh, so you liked it, but not as much as you remembered. Um, I love Dark Knight Rises, and it's funny because I think, from an objective point of view, I noticed a few things, particularly in the first act, that were sticking out to me more that I hadn't noticed before. That were like, okay, right, I can see some problems here, um, but I still love it as much as I ever did. Po po possibly more, and. I have I have reasons for this, but we'll get into if, all that. If you'd asked me before I watched it, you know, yeah. just the other day, I'd have said I love this movie. Yes. And I love 80, 85%, like, unconditionally love, like, you know, 
10 out of 10 perfect love that 85% of this sure. movie. And then I think I kind of hate the rest. <laughs> is it one chunk of like, is, is this 15% like just one long chunk it's, of the it, movie? It, it's mostly, yeah, the, the end. Is the end? Okay. The end. Interesting. The last like 20, 25 minutes or so. Kind of hate most of that. Hey, keep in mind, guys, uh, this is a two hours and 45 minutes uh, movie. Yeah, so, so. That, that's a, you know. <laughs> so it's a long one. It's longer than the last two. Um, yeah, um, which I'd, I'd never hated it before. I, I was always like, yeah, it's the weakest part of the movie. And I was never too keen on some of the things, but I was, like, I was like, I still really love it overall. But this time, I don't know. I don't know. I love the ending. And I in no way think it's the weakest part of the movie. If anything, I think the weakest part of the movie is uh, the opening chunk uh and it's not that the open chunk is bad uh and i'm not talking about the plane sequence at the start i'm talking more about when it gets, gets to gotham like after that there's a you know there's a few characters there's some really awkward exposition there's a couple there of is. like you know we have they have to sell everything that's changed in the last eight years so because they make you a time jump and there's a f- just there's a few clunky moments here or there with that that there are some probably. clunky things just in terms of the premise that even now i have like that the idea that bruce is this decrepit after like three years of being Batman, tops. It's not three years. It's like one year. Uh, that's why I said tops. Okay. Like, I'm, I, I'm assuming you know there's a bit of a time jump between Begins and, and six Dark months. Night. We, we know how long it was. It's six months. Right. So you're telling me six months, and then he stopped. Right. He stopped and did nothing for eight years, and his body is completely screwed. He got a lot of injuries. He, he fell off that building at the end of the dark night. That, that bullshit. Stop defending that. That, that took a bit of a toll. Um... <laughs> he was running away at the end of that last... He was literally sprinting. He was fine. <laughs> right after falling off the building. He could fade through the pain and then you realise later... He and now he's walking around with a walking stick. Is he's it hobbling ever, around. Is it ever confirmed in this movie that he literally never went out as Batman after that night? I'll think it is. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is actually because it's the that's the last appearance of the Batman. That's the whole point. Hmm. I don't know. This does not bother me for, for for whatever reason. This is one of these like weird complaints that people have about this movie that they've had since the date came out. And this is not the first thing I've heard this. And I don't mean from you. I mean like just in general. I've heard people whinge about this. I've yeah. also heard people whinge about the fact that he puts that leg brace on and all of a sudden he's fine. Look, I get it. I get that this that's is, not perfect. This is the most because Batman of the three. Um, Wait, hold on. I, I, so here, first thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to. This is the most comic booky of the three by far. This is the one where Catwoman and Batman are standing on rooftops talking to each other. This is the one where it feels more like a comic book plot in a traditional sense. The structure is probably the most traditional, even it's though it's the most uh, directly adapted for a many sort of comic. To, to, to a point, yeah, it's, it's kind of mixing a few things. You know, better Nightfall, better No Man's Land, better. Yeah, but that's a lot more than, than either of the last two, which were kind of just eh, the generic stories, right? They weren't. Not not bad. I mean, generic for comics. You know, they weren't like adaptations of specific. Like, oh, it's this. I don't think I like the word the use of the word generic, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I as, as soon as I said that, I was like, that, that was a poor choice of words. That, I can see you wanting to jump down my throat at it. Oh, I will. Um. So, right. So it's, it's supposed to be most comic book of the three, and here's here's why I think that works, and why I like that, because one of the things that get into this viewing right after watching Batman Begins and Dark Knight again is you know, and I love Dark Knight watching that again last week. 
is I was worried that this one might suffer a little bit because it is because I always remembered it being the most comic booky of the three, and it being mm. the most sort of traditional comic booky in the sense that it has kind of some goofier. And Goofy's not even the right word. It's not, it's not Goofy by any means. It's just got some more tropier elements from comic books. Here's yeah. why I think it works. Because one of the big themes of this movie, of course, the idea of the Dark Knight Rises, the idea of the legacy, because you were talking about the first film is about uh, fear, the second film is about chaos. Both of those themes do return in this one, but ultimately this one's about hope, right? Uh, that's kind of where we leave off in this film. And it's the idea of legacy, which is something that we started discussing back in the first film. The idea of legacy, Batman, being immortal, all that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think it works that this one's the most comic booky because the idea is is that at this point Batman as a concept is now a myth. It's now a legend. It's the idea that by this point it's kind of evolved into just being a comic book movie in a way. And I think that's intentional. I think it's intentional at this point Batman does feel a little bit larger than life than he did in the last couple. I think that's actually kind of part of the point. And it feeds into the character of John Blake. It feels into the characters of some of the kids that we hear talking about how always oh, the Batman coming back. Because one of the things that I think has worked better for me with each viewing is the idea that not everyone just believed that he'd killed Harvey Dent and the cops. Like some of the younger people refused to believe that they didn't because you know, yeah. they, they they had this idea that the Batman had rules and that he wouldn't break those rules. That there was like an ideal to uphold, and it's something that Batman himself never understood. That he was an inspiration to people and not just, you know, wasn't just fearful to yeah, the yeah, bad probably. guys, right? Uh, and that, that, and that's why, like, this being a bit more schlocky in a comic book way actually, I think, kind of works. It's this evolution from what's come previous. And it's a kind of a meta thing. It, it, it makes less sense in the world in a logical sense. It's more about the, looking at the movies and how it's kind of achieved actual comic booky <laughs> in the third one. Go oh, on. too big a jump. Yeah, I think, it, I think, it's just, I think it. it was too far, and I don't think that fixes. Well, it doesn't really answer my concern of, but just reasons, right? Like I can forgive things like the leg brace. Like it's just, it's just okay. Whatever we need to do to get the plot going, fine. Okay, I have I have two other critiques that I want to particularly tackle before I get to other things. All right. Because I'm delighted to say that after watching this again, worried that I might have went down on it over the years, I have come out of this wanting to swing for anyone who wants to I, give me bullshit I, on I, this. The worst part is I expected to. I Because, like I said, I went into this going, oh, I love this movie. And I, I think I still do. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. This is, this is terrible. So... Number one, this is one that I, I've, I heard on the internet all the time when this came out in 2012, and I will fight it to the day I goddamn die. How did Bruce get back into Gotham City after he got out of the Lazarus pit? Meh, 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 meh. That was maybe as condescending as it sounded. In the first movie, he literally travels the world with no money as a bum. Right? Just drifting around the planet. And... You want them to spend time in this already two hours, 45 minutes movie showing you a montage of how he gets back to Gotham City? No. It would be a waste of time. It would be I, a waste I, of pacing. I, I don't have a problem with how he do, does it. I think the time frame's a little questionable. By the time he gets back, though, it's like a day until the bomb goes off. Yeah, but it, it, I don't know how long it took him to get there. It feels like it doesn't take much time at all. But By the time... He's, but by the time the bomb goes off, it's five months since they set up the bomb. And I know uh, during that time, there's at least one point when they confirm it's been like two months or three months since that happened. 
So there's theoretically at most two months of from to get back. See, if you tell me he's got two months, plenty of time. Yeah. The problem is it felt more like it was about a week and a half, if that. Maybe maybe there's like some concrete evidence to like really like dig out of the script. But maybe there is. But it, it felt more just like um more just an establishing thing that that bugged me on this one more than it more than the how it happens. Uh what, what there was something like this in one of the last two movies as well, where I was uh like you know, the timing of it didn't quite line up for me. I felt sure. like it, like it just needed something establishing to fix. It. You know, like um, I I think at the very least he has a month to get back. That's fair. Do you know what it's like? It's like uh, in in the last movie where Joker leaves the party, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that's and weird. It's like, yeah, it's like it's just that weird. To, and like it's forgivable. It's fine. And 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 I'm honestly I'm not too bothered about this. I'm just kind of saying yeah, yeah. how I feel. It's just it just needs a little something to establish it like it, it's not a big deal I've, my video's frozen it's fine just keep going um, it's it, on it. <laughs> it doesn't matter really it doesn't um but it would have it's just one of those things that's like okay but it could have which been it would, really easily fixed which, which is fine but people act like it's like a huge plot hole it's not a plot hole it's it might not, no. it might feel stilted but it's not a plot hole and i will i will defend that um, and this is not to say that I don't have critiques that I'm going to bring up because I do. Like I do have critiques that I, I, I already said the opening like chunk of the film is a little bit clunky and all this. It's when uh, like uh, you know Modine's character, the the the, the cop, the, the you know the lieutenant. Oh yeah. Uh, when he's talking to the the congressman and they're like talking about Gordon and his family having left and the idea that they've not seen Bruce Wayne for so like it was, it was a lot of clunky exposition just kind of being thrown at me. Yeah. Um, but the other critique that I wanted to to come this is a bit broader this one is i've heard people complain that the film has this problem structurally because batman returns twice right he he you know or to put it in the movie's titles terminology he rises twice and i actually will fight this completely in, in and in a genuine kind of like no this is genius kind of way because the, hang on i thought we were doing your critiques what the hell's this we're not doing my critiques i never said we're doing my critiques i said i had oh. one more critique i wanted to fight oh okay i just wasn't listening to you I said I was going to get to critiques later. I just mentioned that one that I'd already kind of mentioned and elaborated okay. on it. So if you if you can comprehend the words I'm saying, you'll be following along just fine. Um, <laughs> the video freezing is really funny. <laughs> I know, it's really bugging me. <laughs> it'll, it'll snap back into it, don't worry. It's just Connor's internet. <laughs> so My internet's being fine, thank you very much. Oh, mine's just being fine, it's fine. Um, so anyway, so... Yeah, the big thing is people say that he rises twice, and that's really weird from a, from a movie kind of premise point of view or a structure point of view. Here's the thing: the movie, the, the the point of this film is that the first time he comes back, he doesn't really come back. He comes back out of arrogance. He comes back out of ego, where he thinks he's needed when he's not really needed. When he comes, it's, it's, you know, again, listen to Alfred. Alfred's speaking sense, right? When Alfred's saying to him, "No shit," <laughs> you know, when Alfred's saying, "No, no, no," like you're older now, don't do this. You know, give the police the information, let them handle this. He ha- out of this sense of ego, out of this sense of you know, grandio- grandiose kind of statement, he wants to be back. He's a purpose to live again, right? It's this idea of having a purpose again. Um, and it's, it's like what, B- what Bane says to him when he gets to the, the the fight. He's like, "Victory has defeated you," like you know, like that moment, right? He's right. Victory has defeated him. And a lot of this film is about him finding the fear again. You know, the idea that he only eventually climbs out the pit when 
he embraces the fear, right? And the movie like really symbolizes this by having bats pop up at this moment. Yeah, which... it's a bit, it's it's a bit over the top, isn't it? <laughs> I kind of love it. But I don't... That, that was one of those moments where I don't think I'd ever really comprehended a feeling on it before, like if I liked it or disliked it. And this time, you know, looking at it with a more critical eye, I was like, really? You really felt you needed that? I'm okay with it because because the first time he tries to jump out, he's desperate. The second time, he's out of anger. It's not until the third time where he embraces the is you know why he actually needs to do it. He he kind of accepts that it's not just about him. Um, it's, uh, it's coming full circle. It's coming full there's, circle. There's a lot of things in this trilogy. Do. Yeah, it's it's about embracing the fear again, and that's kind of because I think one of the things that's the problem with the Bruce as a character before he comes back and goes through this this metamorphosis, as it were, is that he's lost that fear. He's also lost the drive to do anything, um, and or you could argue that he is fearful that he's obsolete, and he does it for the wrong reasons, and that's why ultimately when he realizes why he needs to come back, once once the the problems got into this ridiculous you know scale in the second half of the film, and he does need to come back, and the Batman is needed again because even Gordon is wrong at the start of the film, and Gordon says he must come back, he must exist. Um, yeah. Gordon's almost wrong at that point, but it's true in the second half of the film, he is needed. Um, so yeah. the, the the coming back twice actually is important because the first time he does it for the wrong reasons and he gets slapped down for it and it almost loses everything because of that. And it's Joe. It's funny actually. There's a there's a line from uh, Miranda Tate, you know, air quotes. Uh, when when he's showing her the uh, the device, the the reactor, right, for the clean energy program. And even though she turns out to be one of the villains, she actually sums up the end of the last film and how it's wrong really well. Where she says, "Oh, you want to like you know help them heal the world, but you won't trust the world to actually help, right?" Yeah. That's the end of Dark Knight. He doesn't, you know, he he's willing to like make sacrifices and do this, but he's not willing to let them trust. And that's kind of again become full circle because by the end of the and, film, he trusts and the police force. Gordon's complicit in that as well. And Gordon's complicit, yeah. So by the end of the film, they've both kind of learned the mistake and they they worked with the 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 literal army of the police force yeah. to save the day. Yeah. While we're on the topic of defending critiques that other people have. Is this you go defend uh, something? Yeah, I'll defend something. Okay, there right, you go. Um, so when when Bruce returns to Gotham, yes, and uh, it's it's when uh, Gordon's out walking the ice, and there's the the big gasoline bat. I love that. People moment. are like, love it. Oh, no, no, I do too. I do. And people, I always hear people go, "Oh, why do he waste time doing all this bullshit?" I'm like, what, "What's he doing?" I'm like, Hope. Did you guys not pay attention to this whole like, theatricality? That's like the whole yes. thing. But first of all, the theatricality is a powerful means of deception. In this case, though, what he's learned is that it's a powerful inspiration of hope. It's like, because the, yeah. the, the scene it cuts to is the son of Modine's character right into the window. If I, if, I, if I have any critiques about this, is that I wish the uh, the orphan that was speaking to Blake that we see a couple of times also saw this. I, I wish yeah. we got his reaction. The idea that hope has returned and the city knows that they're not alone anymore. Because that's the thing, up until this point in the film, like... Like they're abandoned because there's that scene where like, the president's speaking on the radio and Gordon's like, "Oh, it means we're on our own." Like you know, Gotham yeah. is on its own. No one can do anything. Um, and this is like, no, you're not on your own. Batman's here. No, I know, and, it's beautiful. and but this is one of those things that people always complain about, right? This, this is like one of my top five moments of the entire trilogy. Suck at the lot of you. I'm not having this. <laughs> oh, I'm with you on this one because you, know, you know I've got problems. We'll get to those. Yeah, but. This ain't one of them. People, no, I love this one. People are wrong on this one. This, is, this moment's fantastic. And do you know what See, I love about... I, I, I can defend this movie too. Do you know what I love about the first half as well? Is that as much as Batman's doing it for the wrong reasons, it doesn't change the fact that I'm still kind of fist-pumping for all of his comeback stuff. Because yeah. there's, there's the moment where you know the lights go out in the tunnel when the, the, the bike chase is happening, and 
you get the sense that even not all the cops believe he did what you know they said he did because the old cops like oh you're in for a show tonight son yeah and he pulls out goes, what the hell are you playing that kid come yeah. on but Joe, I love that moment, right? So it's really cool when he comes in. I, I love again going back to this more comic book. There's that shot where he walks in when the guy's off the bike, and you just like the feet come in with the cape, and you just hear the like yeah. as he walks in the the, the whimping sound, and it feels super like no Batman's back. It, it feels like he's got even more presence than he's ever had before. But the moment I love is after he's chased down the, the bike with the the tablet, and it's it's finished its transfer, and he's he's, he's and like, all the cops are chasing him. Like this this scene represents his ego. Because there's literally like thirty cop cars chasing him, and it's it's basically him thinking I'm good enough to deal with this. And there's almost a smirk in his face. See when he gets like surrounded and he's there with the bike and he's looking around and he's sort of like planning his escape with the the, 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 the what do you call it the, the big truck with the cars going at the. Um, they have a name. I don't know if they have a name. You know what I, I mean. Know. The, the, yeah. the, the truck that carries like, like eight cars at a time or whatever. Um, and he shoots down the I thing. I assume and he... they have a name. You assume. It's not just a tow truck. A tow truck's just a. It's it's more like a carrier truck, yeah. but that's not like a thing. Yeah. So someone in the auto industry, please fill us in. Uh, so he, you know, it's like there's this moment where he looks around and he just got, he sees everyone around him, and I don't know if he actually does, but I I almost every time I watch this, I think I see a kind of a smirk, like he knows he's going to get out of this, like he's he's not in any danger. I don't think there is, but, but I know what you mean. Yeah, like I almost it's in the body sense language. It. Yeah, in the body language, yeah. Uh, and of course, he like, leaves him on a chase, and then he comes out with the the, the bat, you know, the, the new flying. The, 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 this movie's better than the Batwing, and it's you know, it's this it's this demonstration of ego. It's it's like you know, it's like, and it's not ego in the traditional sense where I don't think it's necessarily he thinks he's great. It's that it's ego in the sense that he thinks that this is all required and that he's important. Yeah, and it's kind of beautiful. And it's not so much that Blake is wrong when he says that you know, the Batman needs to come back, and you know what the Batman stood for is important. But it's this idea that, you know, something that Alfred's been telling him throughout all three films is that Bruce Wayne's important too. And maybe that's, you know, what Bruce should have heard from Blake is that, no, he should, because, you know, they've stopped funding the orphanage. Why have they stopped funding the orphanage? Oh, because there's no money from Wayne Enterprises. Because Bruce pissed it all away. In an attempt to save the world, let's just be clear. Like, it well, was... Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> not very responsibly for his company. Yeah, and it's very notable as well that, you know, he, like the, the thing works, but he realised that it could be turned into a weapon because some scientist did that. Uh, so he shut it all down and hid it away so no one could get to it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it kind of speaks to... Again, it's that idea of not trusting the world to, to actually use the thing. It is. And, you know, it's one of those where pretty much every scientific advancement ever can be used for something bad, right? And it's. I know, like... I know I've been thinking of trying to turn a post-it note into a murder weapon for you someday, but I've not quite sussed it yet. I, I know how to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, but I, I know how to do it. And just shoving tons of them down your throat to choke doesn't count. That's not that's not using the technology. That's just you could do it with any old paper. Alright, I'll find a different way. <laughs> it has it has to be like just the fact that it's does the, the the swipe of glue at the back. That has to be Oh, oh I've got I've got it. That has I to be something. vital to the death. I got something. But I'm not I won't go share it, obviously. That would be irresponsible. Yes, yes. Uh, so Where was I? Um, I but yeah, I've lost track of where it was. But yeah, so I think there's some. Oh, you are you on about Bruce Wayne being needed? Yeah, Bruce Wayne being needed, right? So this idea, and obviously at the at the end of the film, he kind of fuses this. But I think, like to me, actually, that's why the moment where he tells Gordon who he is essentially kind of works even better for me now. It's the idea that yeah, like as much as you know, the idea that Bruce Wayne is the mask and the because here's the thing, and here's where I think we're going to differ on the ending, is that unlike the comic books. 
this can end. This can have an ending for Batman as a character, or for more specifically as Bruce Wayne as a character, right? That's something yes. the comics are never going to truly do. They might do it for a while, and then they'll retcon it, or they'll, they'll bring it back, yeah, or whatever. We, we had hopes for a while, and then... Yeah. And that's why the ending, because that, because obviously when we talk about Batman as a character, now he'll never get off, give up being Batman. That's not that's not who he is. The story completes with him giving it up, and you never do that in the comics because they can never end it. <laughs> but in a movie trilogy that has a definitive ending, you can do that. And I think that's where maybe some of our disagreements about the ending are going to come in. But that's okay. But yes, so so Batman ultimately, like I think the reason why. This still might be my favourite of the three, and I know that's controversial to many a people. But the reason why this still might be my favourite of the three, despite any other faults you can you can lavish at it, is I do think it's the perfect conclusion to this trilogy, and I do think Bruce's journey is the best it is in all three films. As good as it is in the other two, because he because one of the things that the other Batman films didn't have was a proper arc for Batman for him as a character, right? They almost seem to want to ignore him and and you know in favour of the villains. All three of these films have things to say about his character. And about what it means for him to exist in the world. I think from a personal point of view, this has his best story. And his best arc. Okay. And I think for oh, someone like Matt, who obviously we do the, the comics podcast with, who hates Because Batman, as much as there's a little bit Because Batman and his attitude early on, that's kind of what it is. He's kind of evolved to a point where he's like, Because Batman, I'll do it because I'm Batman, damn it. He fails. Yeah. He learns. He, he basically learns humility in failing and that gives him the fire to fight back. So I think there's lots of things. So as much as just saying there's some because Batman early on, I think it's almost intentional because that's his attitude. Fair enough. Um, I'm not going to fight it too much on that. The because Batman stuff is very, very low down on my list of concerns. That's in the elements that, yeah, I can overlook that. Sure. I'll go on then. Get your complaint about the ending out of the way. It's There's there's multiple. It's It's... Pretty much the entire last 20 minutes, like I said. I, I think I hate. Um, <laughs> pretty much everything from the Talia reveal. I'll give you Talia. Talia is the weakest part of this movie. I will not defend and Talia. I like the concept of having Talia in there. I think it... it, it I think there's a better way to do it. I, you know, especially the, the concept of legacy in this movie, right? Yeah. I understand the point of, oh no, we can play with the legacy through that, but we were already getting that in Bane. Like we were getting on the, the Bane is the League of Shadows now. That is the legacy, yeah. whether Raz wanted that or not. It's, it's, it's all about being full circle. I, I wonder if it's almost victim as well, just to the idea that oh, because he has a daughter in the comics, we have to do the daughter. Like if we're going to bring the league back, we have to do the daughter because it's a comic book thing. Maybe. I wonder Maybe. if that's almost that. I like. I know. I agree. Talia, Talia is the worst part. Her death is not a great moment, and. Do you know what I I laughed at part of her death scene this time? Mm-hmm. Because after she dies, the bomb has what a minute and a half going on the clock. Yeah, and they all just stand around there looking at her, like looking at the dead body. I'm like, what are you doing? Go get the bomb, you idiots! <laughs> That's fair. I would I would fight you in that. I, like Natalia's the worst part. Um, and it's not that she's just bad for that character. It's that she actively ruins Bane, who is. Up until that point, maybe the, my favorite part of the movie, because I love Bane in this movie. I love Bane. Up in this until movie too. that point, I, I think Bane is fantastic. His attitude, his uh, his tactical sense, 
his you know his, his physical prowess as well obviously you know that uh, I, I, you know, I, I i do not agree that she ruins bane i agree that she takes the movie away from him there's a she difference undermines the point of him though uh you know the whole idea of bane's been behind all of this and doing all and it's like well no it's just been her idea the whole time bane's just been the muscle essentially he he's he's still got the charisma that he's got don't be wrong um but all the 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 tactical planning elements that I like about this version of Bane that no no he is smart he is outthinking the bat uh, is gone. I, I agree. This is the weakest part of the film. Is revealing that she's behind everything and her death and ca- kind of just how late the reveal is and her inclusion in general is the weakest part. Like you're not going to get an argument out of that from me. She's she's kind of the you know she's she's basically the Katie Holmes of the movie, <laughs> not in the exact same way, but she's kind of <laughs> filling that slot. Um, yeah, still a better actress. Still a better actress for sure, um, but this guess gets so that, you mentioned Bane. Let's talk about Bane because I feel like people like to complain about a certain thing about Bane. Is this going to be the voice? <laughs> kind of people don't like the voice, but those people are idiots. The voice is the best part. <laughs> like, do you know what? I, I always get people tell me that. It's not as good about oh, a bottle. I, I can do my can. Hold on, give me a can. I got an empty can. You think darkness is your ally? I'm really adopted the dark. You were born in it, molded by it. By the time I saw a light, I was already a man. How's that? Is that okay? That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people tell me they can't understand what he's saying. Oh no, I don't get that at all. And I can't comprehend. <laughs> not be like, are your ears <clears throat> full of shite? I, I I came out of that movie like almost quoting that entire speech. Like it's so. It's so memorable, and it wouldn't be memorable if you couldn't hear the damn thing. Bane, I love Bane's voice. Now, admittedly, yes, as an adaptation, this is not comic book Bane. He's not Latino. He's not, uh, you know, wearing a, uh, you know, a literally a mask. mask. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, he's imposing. He has a, he's a, you know, he has a, this voice, this presence. Every scene he's in, he's fantastic. He, he has this impossible task of following up Joker. Joker's the best villain in the trilogy. I am not going to argue with that one bit. Bane's my second favorite, though. I think if the ending had landed, Bane could have been the best. Oh, that's that's a bold that's a bold. That's claim. how much I love it. I love even even the way he stand like he has a he he stands the same way um, police officers do. I don't hear yeah yeah with the with the thumbs in the in the straps on the body mm. armor. That's how police officers stand. And it's just one of those little touches that it's like oh that's authoritative, right? He's great. Yeah, I, I think he's great. He's got presence. I mean that that opening scene. Um, you know, you're a big guy for you, <laughs> like you know, like yeah. all those what you know. Perhaps she's wondering why you would shoot a man before throwing him out of an airplane. Like all that stuff is great. And like, yeah, like that was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this in you know four or yeah. five years, and it was that line where I went, oh, I love this movie. And I just, I, like this, this is why I'm. I was so excited for the first like two hours and plus of this movie. I'm like, I love this. I love this. <laughs> I, I I love bit of this movie, and I, I think he's his presence. There's so many like no, he turns everything, and he is a bit more comic booky. But that, that goes back into what I was saying earlier about this being the comic booky one, where even the villain were getting to more sort of fantastical ideas, and not to an extreme degree necessarily, but just in the sense that everything feels a bit more theatrical it's 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 huge in comparison to you know, joker yeah. was like hey here's two boats well ships let's be fair but um <laughs> Bane's like, nah, screw this i got the whole city and you know, you know I, yeah. I, I got this yeah the, the, you know it's escalated with the trilogy each one's gotten 
more bigger and, and, and you know, the, the, you know as, as Bane throws back at him the theatricality doesn't work on him he, he's got it it's it, it's, I, it's, I believe the exact line theatricality is a good tool against the uninitiated but we are initiated Mr. Wayne or something like that uh, it's know. aren't we Bruce aren't we Bruce yes yeah we are initiated aren't we Bruce and I'm going I'm, I'm not going to lie like the 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 moment that he does the, the the break in the bat where he holds him up over his head because this is the thing getting into this movie in 2012 I was super pumped right and I was excited to what Nolan would do with, with Bane and what this version of Bane would be I never thought he would go so far to recreate that moment. I didn't think we were going to get the actual backbreaker. Now, I don't think he actually breaks his back, because why people's complaints to this movie is that, oh, he heals from a broken back. I don't think he actually did. I don't think he's actually got a broken back, literally. I think he shifts some stuff around. <laughs> yeah, he shifted a plate. Yeah, the, I, I, think, I think that's what he says, right? He says you get a plate shit out of a yeah, thing or um, I took that almost to be similar to a dislocation. Yeah. Um, like it's popped out of place. You can yeah. you can kind of knock it back in, and it's gonna bloody hurt. But yeah, you'll, you'll be now, all right. Is that scientifically accurate? Is this a thing that can happen? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> uh, no, I'm with you on this. I don't care. I, I will tell you now, that sequence, not just the the background, everything under oh, yeah, everything. Un, under the the Wayne building there. There's so much music, and then that scene it just drops. Silent. That it's is silent. That scene is hands down my favorite scene of the trilogy. And every single one in the room, all of his henchmen and Catwoman. All watch this knowing that Batman's going to lose. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And we get the speech. We get the, you know, the shadows betray you because they belong to me. Every, I love this sequence. Everything from start to finish is beautiful. Uh, yeah. And I pop. I pop so hard. Like, I, like, I almost, like, stood up and cheered. The, the, the bat breaking. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're celebrating your hero being <laughs> decimated. but Because he has oh, to man. come back. Because, because, because you no, know the no, rise after this is going to be beautiful. I know. I'm with you. But uh, this scene... My favorite scene in the trilogy. Like I, I, I love it so much. It's perfect. I can't argue about that too much. And hey, I want to talk about some of the build up to this. I love everything in the tunnels with him leading up to this fight. Uh, see when the gun, the gunman's like firing and it's lighting up the tunnel, and you just see like flashes of him popping towards him. It is the yeah. most Batman scene ever. Like it it's, is. it's beautiful. It's, and I think that's that's part of what I love about the the fight as well. It's like no, this is Bane. Batman's full on punching. We've seen how you know his punches take yeah. down dudes. He's full on giving it. And Bane just takes it. He's just like he's not trying to get out of the way. He's not blocking it. He's just taking the punches in the chest and going. All right, then what else you got? No, it's good. It's, it's fantastic. And you know, it's funny because one of the complaints with Batman Begins is that Nolan's fight scenes aren't that great. I think this scene is him kind of transcending that. And this is him saying, "No, it's the it's the one fight scene in this trilogy that's it's not just good. It's it's fantastic, but it's the one fight scene that that really gets it." Yeah, I don't think the rest of them in this this movie are bad though. Like, like, like I think they're just they're, the better, ge- than, they're better yeah. than the last couple movies, but they're not great. The general quality is much better though. Like, and then you've got this scene, which is kind of like, now look, this is how you do a great. And there's emotion in it. There's, there's reasons to care about the fight scene. It's great. Um, and like I say, all the build up. I love him meeting Catwoman. You know, no guns, no killing. The uh, the the actual all out Batman theme that plays as he's flying the bat around the city. You know, which, yeah, by the way, good. having watched the uh, Dark Knight just last week, that does play once in Dark Knight, like a, a, a you know a previous version of it. Um, right after it cuts to the city, after the bank heist at the start, when you first see the signal come on, you do hear the dun 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 dun. Right, you hear yeah, it once at Dark Knight, uh, but it's like you know, it's just it's it's a bit more simple. It's just that whereas here it's like no, it's the full it's blown the theme. Full blown. Yeah, yeah, it's it's full heroic. And but what I think is interesting is 
is it only plays in this first half when it's like what he thinks he is as Batman, and then yeah. the second half, it because this is a notable thing that plays in it the first half. For the simple version of the the two notes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the two chords, the yeah. two chords aren't in the first half of the film at all. But the moment he gets out of that pit, you hear them. That's it. You know, when when the when the 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 gasoline goes up, it's the it's the two chords playing. That's all. Yeah, the two chords playing the gasoline, and it's the two chords that end the film. As it should. Yeah. Every, I mean, it's almost weird actually. That the first one doesn't end with that because I feel like that's what I, that's how I associate these movies ending. It's kind of weird, yeah. Yeah, it's the dun dun. I can't even do it off the you know yeah. at, 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 at uh, you know drop of a hat. But so no, all this is fantastic. It <laughs> I is. love all this. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I love the idea that like. And it's not like everyone around him is like, no, you shouldn't be, you know, because Lucius clearly like, hey, I've got some new toys. You want to see the new toys? <laughs> Come on. Come look at the toys, Bruce. You know, um, obviously Blake's leading them on. And I suppose we should we should talk about Blake. Blake's obviously a character that has to be talked about. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I was excited by his inclusion. I like that actor a lot. Uh, he doesn't. Coming out of this movie. And he kind of represents, you know, much like the younger orphan kid that he talks to, uh, this younger generation who, you know, keep in mind, eight years have passed. But, you know, when the Dark Knight happened for his age, he was probably in his teens. Yeah, probably like 14, 15. Yeah. Um, I'll even buy late teens if he's in his mid-twenties now. Like, I'll buy he was 18, maybe. How how old was he at that point? I don't actually know. Well, in the film, I don't know. I'm, I'm just assuming Levitt was in his late twenties. Um, maybe playing slightly yeah, younger. Yeah, right. I mean, he's, he's 38 now, so... He's actually in his 30s already, then. Yeah. Uh, but... He looks young, doesn't he? He does look young. He's got, he's got a young he's got a bit, a bit of a baby face. Um... But he, uh, like, so he does that thing where he, he already knows who Bruce is, right? He's figured it out. Uh, little Tim Drake, right? A little bit of Tim Drake in there. <laughs> you, you're sighing already. Oh, I am. <laughs> okay, so this is where we're going to argue about the reveal at the end, isn't it? Where yep. we find out that his legal name is Robin. And Bullshit. <laughs> Why is it bullshit? Why does this upset you? It's it's possibly the most cheap fan servicey moment of the trilogy. It serves nothing. He is already Robin. I, 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 okay, if, I, if you're doing that scene, I was I was hoping for a a, a dick or a Tim, yeah. right? Right? Yeah, sure. I, I was hoping give me one of those names, <clears throat> but they're not doing that. They're doing Robin. Okay, fine. If you're not giving me give me one of those names of a specific Robin, don't give me any name. Don't do this at all. I don't need it. It's very clear he's Robin. Everyone knows he's Robin. We don't need this bullshit fan service at the end. I do not get this anger at all. I have no problems with this. And the reason why I have no problems with this is because he's not Dick Grayson. He's not Tim... He's not Tim Drake. I thought I, thought I messed up when I said Tim Grayson there. Uh, uh, he's, not, he's not Dick Grayson. He's not Tim Drake. He's not Jason Todd, th- thankfully. <laughs> he's not Damian Wayne, right? He's not Carrie Kelly, for that matter, either. Uh, no. Right. He 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 he's there to represent the idea of the legacy living on, right? And I think the use of the name Robin is there to represent the idea that this is this is the this is Nolan's idea of what Robin represents, the idea that it can be passed on. I think it you could say it's a bit on the nose actually using the name Robin, and I can't really argue with that if that's how you feel. It doesn't bother me that they use the name Robin, but to me that's the point: is he represents all of them because it's the idea of it living on. It just feels forced. I think you get that if you take out that one scene where he, where you, not even the one scene, the one line about his name, mm-hmm. right? You take out that, he still goes and he discovers the, the you know the the cave at the end, and it's like, mm-hmm. 
oh no, no, the legacy lives on. All of it still works. It just doesn't need this stupid Robin thing. It doesn't bother me. I don't think it's that stupid. But I mean, it. it's just a taste thing. And I, like, there's there's no meaningful debate to have about it. You're just going to sit there and say you hate it every time I say anything positive it, about yeah, it. I am, because it's fan service bullshit. Because you're going to be petty about it, so there's no point in arguing. Yeah. There's no point in discussing it. But I will say he represents all the Robins, and I think... The idea that you know the 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 symbol lives on again. It's, it's the idea of Batman or Bruce I, I, Bruce I, accepting. He does not represent Jason Todd. <laughs> okay, maybe not Jason Todd, but it's the idea of Bruce. No, the the hockey pad wearing dudes represent Jason Todd in the last one. Uh, so it's the idea of Bruce accepting that because because his thing in Dark Knight is that he thinks it can end. He thinks that Batman can end when he fixes everything. It's the idea that he's, he's yeah. accepted that it's an ongoing fight. He has to trust someone else to take the mantle and the idea that if the bat's going to live forever, then there has to, he has to trust someone else to sort of take it and run with it and continue forever. Yeah, I agree. So that's what he represents. And uh, I don't have a problem with him using the Robin name. It, it did take me aback the first time I watched it. I was like, oh, Robin? Okay. <laughs> um, and th- th- this is what frustrates me about it is I like everything about it except the use of the name. It's not enough to bother me. It really isn't. This, this is not, uh, oh, you're on your own, so we're going to call you Han Solo. It's not that. This is not, uh, this is not even in the same realm as that. It's When I'm watching the movie, it takes me out of it to an equivalent degree. and Which, you know, given how clearly I hate this, you, you can take that as, as my feelings on the, the Solo bullshit name thing as well. Yeah. Um, I, 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 at this point in the movie... Now, it doesn't really bother me that much anyway. At this point in the movie, that last five-minute sequence where that music's playing and it's doing the wrap-up stuff, I am far too emotionally invested in what's going on to give a shit. I really am. I am far too into everything. I'm into Lucius, you know, learning the autopilot was fixed. Um, If I have a complaint about the ending, is that I don't think we should see Bruce. I want to see Alfred smile and then cut away. Yeah, I don't like that either. I don't want to see Bruce. I want it to be left ambiguous. Give us enough, enough of the breadcrumbs that we can hope that he's there. Because much like the film, it's about hope. We can hope that he's, he's, he's got out, that he's with Selena, and they're having a happy happy I, life. I have to assume Bruce had to go and look at Alfred's bank records and, and go, right, when when's he booking this tickets to France? Because I need to know when he goes and visits this every year. Because Alfred or, never told him that. Or he just lives there? Or you think, well, you think Bruce lives there and goes to this cafe every day waiting for Alfred? Well, no. Look, are you questioning why Bruce Wayne, Batman, can keep an eye on when Alfred's moving, that he can't keep tabs no, on someone? No. I'm I'm questioning why no one recognises Bruce Wayne. No one's seen him in eight years and he's in a different country. He looks exactly the same. This is a, this is a bullshit complaint. This, no, this, is, this is no fun allowed. I'm going to pick apart every movie I ever see. This, this is bullshit. No, no, this, this, this bothers me. This hugely famous person, who's in very clearly a bustling tourist center of of, of France. Wait, 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 wait a minute! Like, how famous is he outside of Gotham? We have never had any sense that he's that famous outside of Gotham. No one recognized him in Begins when he was going around the world as a homeless dude. Yeah, but he he was dressed as a homeless dude. He he looked like a homeless dude. He doesn't here, does he? He looks like <laughs> Bruce Wayne. He's smiling. He doesn't look like Bruce Wayne. He does look like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> He's wearing a fancy shirt. He looks like Bruce Wayne. That's not how Bruce Wayne walked around, though. Like, this is such a petty complaint. I, I am not good jumping on board with this at all. No, this this one has always bothered me. Uh, 
This is never bothered me. The only problem I have is, I just from a story point of view, is I don't think we should confirm it. I don't think we should see him there. I think we should just see Alfred smiling and cut away. That is my only, only problem. And I said this in the Begins review, I wish Alfred told that story about going there to see him was yeah, in Begins. Yeah. Just to set it no, up earlier, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not gonna hold that against this movie, though. Um, you know, and Al- Alfred's inclusion here, you know, uh, he breaks my heart. See when it cuts to him at the grave, saying I failed you to the Waynes, especially since you've not seen him for like two hours at that point, because he leaves quite early on in the film. He does, yeah. Uh, it really hurts when he starts crying and, you know, saying to the, the other Waynes, like, oh, I failed you. I made a promise and I failed you. And he's, his tears are rolling out of his eyes, like, oh my God, stop it, Alfred. You're, you're, you're upsetting me here. Um, it's it's rough. It it gets to you, doesn't it? Yeah, but like, everything. I love it about the ending. I love the final shot. I love the bat signal being fixed. I love the idea that hope is restored and all these people. And Joe, you know I like about the idea that of him still being alive. I like the idea that Lucius and Alfred, who knew him as Bruce first, know that he's alive. Whereas Robin and Commissioner Gordon, who believe more in the Batman, and even though they knew who he was by the end, they were they cared more about who he stood for as the Batman. They don't necessarily know that he's alive as a person. They just like know that it's, this has been set up for them now. That you know, sure. the signal's back, and the idea that that's what's important to them as characters is the idea of who the Batman is and was, and what what that can mean going forward. Um, I like that aspect of it. Uh, so, but no, I I will happily defend uh, all these these stupid ending complaints. Uh, Talia, I will give you Talia as the weakest part, and she does kind of take the movie away from being at the end. I will give you that. At that point, though, it's more about Bruce's sacrifice or, you know, the seeming of having a sacrifice. Uh, one, one, one more nitpick at the ending. Okay. Um, when he's giving his identity to, to Gordon. Mm-hmm. I get the point is supposed to... Be, it's kind of a callback to how he gave Rachel his identity and begins, right? It's, it's a quote, mm-hmm. something that he'd, only they'd recognize. You don't buy that Gordon would remember it after all this time? I think it's too vague. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he remembers doing that. Like, oh, putting a coat around Bruce Wayne, sure. But I don't believe that's the only time he's put a, his coat around yeah. a kid. He's, yeah, come on. No, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that it's specific enough for him to immediately go, oh, shit, Bruce Wayne. Uh, do you know what the only part of this complaint is, though? Is I don't think you can... This is something you can sort of shrug and make your face at and be like, oh, I don't buy this, could ha- that he would remember this. But you can't really make that that call for anyone else but yourself. Like you could say that, but you can meet other people who have weird memories that would be conjured up by well, any no, sort of thing. I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't remember doing that. Perfectly fine with him remembering the act of doing it. My problem is the specific. It's it's such an unspecific act that I don't believe that he's not done that to many a person. I think uh, you're. In Gotham. I think you're ignoring. The idea that he puts that with other things and it clocks that he's Bruce Wayne. That it makes sense. And are you telling me that like doing it with Bruce Wayne, you know, the the, the rich parents got killed when he, early in his career wasn't one of the most memorable nights as a police officer he's ever had? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But, Again, this feels like a, this feels like one of your weird complaints. Like you had a complaint in a comic book recently that someone had to walk into another room to answer a phone because no one has like everyone has phones in their bedrooms now, and it was the most look, petty, stupid complaint ever. I, I admitted at the time that one was petty. <laughs> I said that on the record that this was petty and it was just me. This one, no, not having it. It's it's if this was my only problem with the ending, I'd let it slide. But it, it adds up to just another thing in this last 20 minutes I dislike. 
I have a problem with this. I I, I will give you Talia. I absolutely will. will but that's will you that's give it. me the clunky? Oh, the autopilot isn't working. You mean earlier? Yeah, throughout the movie, you know, it's like like constantly like, hey, this autopilot ain't working. I'm like, yeah, all right, I get it. Um, because it ne- it never yeah. it never feels natural after the first time. The one time Lucius says early on, I think it's fine. The rest of it, I don't know. It feels like, hey, you need to be paying. Yeah, this isn't working. You only bring it up once then, again before the ending, though. Well, it's twice, isn't it? It's just when they go and find it again after Bruce comes back. And he, he makes a yeah. crack about the autopilot. I think that's the only time he brings it up. I'll give you yeah, that one's a bit you, clunky, but... That one, that one I'll definitely hate. That, that, that one, though, for me, it's like he's kind of intentionally like smirking as he says it. And he is smirking in that scene. He's actually... Yeah, given... I'm, I'm, sure they, I'm sure it's three times in the movie that they mention it before the ending. So... I don't remember what the other one is, if there is one. I remember thinking it when I was watching it, but I'll have to double-check now. Damn it. I, oh, I, I think... Uh... Like, when he's going to fly off, like, you know, Catwoman says something to him, like... Oh, that's it, yeah. He's yeah. like, like, oh, you're just going to say it to go out there, and he's like, oh, no autopilot. That one, yeah. Okay. Okay, no, I'll give you that. The, the autopilot discussion's about... And I, I, I knew there was three times total. I'll give it one. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the, the realisation itself, though. You know, when... If, you know, Lucius finds out. No, that's fine, but... Just, it went a bit. It went a bit hard in in driving it home beforehand. Sure, no, that's fair. No, that's fair. It's a bit clunky. Like I and I will, I will critique the editing of making it seem like Bruce is in the bat a lot longer than he actually is. <laughs> this is something I've thought about in a few viewings, like how long it is from the last time we see him until the bomb goes off. It's a good ten seconds, right? But <laughs> those last ten seconds, we are watching a wide shot. Of the bat flying out over the bay. He does not leave in that 10 seconds. There is some editing trickery going on here. Theatricality is a powerful means of deception. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Go throw it back at you. Um, uh-huh. No, okay, I'll give you the clunky autopilot talk. I'll give you Talia. Um, I think there's some clunky exposition early on. Uh, there's actually one problem that kind of stuck out to me watching this, actually. is So there's a scene where... So, so Miranda Tate's helping Gordon and his men, like try and like you know find the bombs and go around and do things, and they get kidnapped, right? Or they kidnapped. They get like arrested essentially by the the Baines militia, and they're yes. brought in. By the way, I love that Scarecrow got a cameo. That was that was great. Uh, because it's an Nolan movie, so of course Kelly and Murphy's in there. Yeah. So, um, and then you're know, getting sentenced, and, and like Bane hasn't always like bring her to me. You know, he's like you know, and I'm like okay, yeah, okay, we go with the twist. What I thought was weird is that this is before the scene where Selena brings in Bruce to get Lucius, and Miranda's yeah. in that scene. And it was, that's the scene where it's like, oh, I need you to get me back in the game, and then, you know, I like your girlfriend. So, so, so Bane let her go again? And then the next time we see her, she's still with Bane. And it was really weird, like, what, they let her back out for a scene? And, and I know she's in charge. Like, I'm, most, I'm saying she, I know she can make that call herself, but it just it felt but weird. And I, no one questioned it. Yeah. It, just, it yeah, felt no, weird that I, I thought that thing. was weird as well. It, it makes me think that those scenes were meant to be in a different order and they changed them for pacing reasons, but they never really stopped to think that it kind of messed with that continuity. Yeah, because it, it was quite a, a glaring thing as well this time where, again, it's it's one of those, it's it's a forgivable thing, but it takes you out of it, right? And you're going, that's a bit weird. It was still, just for a moment, it was like, that's weird. Yeah. And then I'm like cracking you know jokes because Lucius is uh, you know joking about Catwoman and stuff. And speaking of Catwoman, I mean, we have to talk about Catwoman. 
probably. We probably should, yeah. We've been going about, what, 45 minutes? Yeah, Selena Kyle is probably a fairly notable part of the film to mention. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't sure what you think, you know, before I saw it for the first time. Like, I was like, oh, Han, Han Hathaway, okay, all right, <laughs> we'll see how she does. Um, uh, I actually quite like her in the role. She's, she's all right. I don't love her, but mm. I mean, I don't have any glaring problems with her either. Yeah, she's maybe not the most perfect uh, actor for it, but she, you know, like, at the start of the movie, like, when she like turns on Bruce, you know, she's like being all timid and like you know waitressy, and then she kind of like, goes oops, and she has a little yeah. flip out the window and things like that. Um, I think I think she's solid enough. She's obviously not the standard that Bane is, I don't think, but um, yeah. I think I think she's solid. I think she's fine, and in a different movie, I'd say she was good. She sticks out in this movie as one of the weaker elements. Uh, for me, yeah, in fair. terms of just characters, that's fair. Um, I think I think she provides a function in that. It's the idea that someone like her could also be inspired by Bruce or, or Batman. The idea that she does, yeah. you know, that looks, it's not just like people like like Blake or whatever. Um, and actually, that kind of leads me to one of the things that I want to talk about. Uh, I mentioned last time, like I had an idea where the Joker would fit into this. Like, no, I, 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 I the script may have been very different, but if it's if it was going to be similar to this, I think Joker would have gotten out of Blackgate with all the prisoners, sure. right? We'd had a you know the Hello Beautiful kind of moment almost from Dark Knight Returns and or maybe, maybe like he or we'd have that moment after like maybe he gets out he's just sort of around he has nothing he doesn't know what to do himself right and then the bat symbol lights up in the sky and the burning bridge and then that's his hello beautiful moment mm. um and I think what would no, admittedly you'd have to give Catwoman something else to do at this point in the film but I think Joker's the one that shoots Bane Okay. I think Joker's the one who shoots Bane, and I think he he lodged that over Batman, and in, in, in a way that a Joker the Joker would, but then that he can only go and save the city now because he's killed someone or something to that effect. Like I could see him messing with with Batman in that I can see it. in that sense. It was just, it was because it was because Catwoman comes in and like shoots someone. It's like and she has this like quip about you know that's whole no guns thing. I'm not feeling it. I feel like the idea of like someone truly manical at the Joker doing it out of another reason. It, it does feel like Bruce is like, yeah, right, fine, whatever. Bigger problems. Yeah. I feel like it would have played better with like a villain like the Joker doing it. And almost like, yeah, you can only go be the Batman now because I saved you. Because I can yeah. do this. Um, and then you'd give Catwoman something else to come in and help save the day with. Uh, she's still, you know, she's still be on it. Because I like all the stuff with her on the Tumblr. And she's, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. This movie has better continuity with the last one in the sense that the, the Wayne boardroom feels the same. Uh, the, you know, all those sort of I, locations. I'll tell you, the one moment the that really throws me in terms of the city mm. is when um, Gordon goes to visit you know, the, the, the other cop in his house. Oh, sure. And it's just, you know, like a completely ordinary house. Yeah. And it's the first time in these movies we've seen the city just look like <laughs> this. And I'm like, this is, this is, I know this is what a city looks like. I know this is normal. But it feels so surreal in this movie. Sure, I wish I had Gordon's and, house in the in the last two. Yeah, yeah, but Gordon's house is a bit nicer. It's uh, I don't know. It doesn't look like this, does it? Like this just looks like a really ordinary street. Okay, <laughs> you didn't think Gotham had ordinary streets? <laughs> I didn't. It, I, I never felt like Gotham had just standard regular streets like I get. I did in the any second city. one. I feel like because Dark, Dark Knight made it feel more like just a normal city to me. It made it feel more like a normal city, but it still had some elements that. I I John I think it is I think mm-hmm. it still feels like an urban metropolis in um, 
in in Dark Knight. This street is like something I'd expect to see closer to the suburbs. Like it's getting out towards the edge of the city where I see these sorts of streets. And again, I buy that it exists. Yeah, Gotham not... has an edge. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm not complaining about this. I'm just saying every time I see it, it strikes me as weird that I'm like, oh yeah, Gotham has a city bit like this that looks normal. It, it just it always throws me because we've not seen it before. Okay, weird. But you know, like his, uh, I love that he obviously the cave's compromised because of everything, but he goes back to that place that he used in Dark Knight. You had that like base in the, the city, underneath yeah. the city. So we get to see that in the back half. I, I like all these things come back. He's got the same bat suit, he's still using the tumbler. Like, it feels like everything's coming back from the last one, and I like that a lot. I like, I like that continuity. No, I agree. Um, it's definitely better between these movies than it was between the first two. Yeah. Um,. As far as other things to talk, like, I I really I really like you know his time in the pit. I, I love seeing it, like him seeing in the news the bodies hanging, all that kind of thing. I like, I like how dark that gets, uh, and how yeah. sort of desperate it becomes. Um, the the idea of blatantly like, drawing the bat symbols, like you know, almost to try and inspire the kids because we see we see kids also drawing them. It's like yeah. you know, it's again it stands for hope now as as much as there's anything else. No, I get um, it. It's nice. Yeah, it's, it's full of money moments. It's full of crowd pleasing moments. And maybe it's the most conventional film because of that. But I still think it has a lot of subtext about what Bruce is going through as a character, and it still does wrap up all the themes that have been building up for the previous two films. And unlike other Batman stories, it gets to have an ending. And because of that, we do have this ending where he does get out and you know uh, leaves it to legacy. It's, it's funny, like because yeah, I know when we we started this, you went, "Oh yeah, we'll 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 fight on those." When I said I wasn't hmm. feeling the end, that probably the thing about the ending i hate the least it's not, i have no problem with it having an ending it's not the conceptual part of it yeah it's, it's yeah. these other things that bug you yeah. um i mean that's fair i uh, i still love this movie like, I, I i feel like i think the first like i said there's a clunky exposition in the first chunk i also think that extends to some of the editing i think like what you know once you get to gotham after the opening plane sequence um there is kind of like a section where it feels like it's rushing through a lot of like things to set yeah. things up. Yeah. It feels very quick paced. Uh, on a on a technical note, I felt the IMAX switching even more in this movie. Really? It's, okay. It feels like it's doing it constantly. And there's definitely uh, more there was definitely more IMAX footage in the movie, for sure. Um There is. And uh, but there are points where I feel uh towards the end where we've got IMAX stuff and then we're cutting back to just like Gordon in, in a conversation with someone. Mm. And then back again, like, and it's intercutting. I'm like, and it's back and forth like four or five times in like you know, twenty seconds. Here's here's the funny thing: watching it soon after Dark Knight makes it actually like because you know I said like in Dark Knight I get really used to it after like a certain you point. You think Dark Knight like immunized you? Yeah, like going into this, like I I feel like I was noticing it less because I was already I, used um, to it from the previous. I film. noticed it far more. Um, uh, I found it far more distracting, in, and then I found it relatively distracting in Dark Knight. I found it far more distracting in this one. Um, again, it's not a problem for me. I don't really doesn't really bug me. I, that much. I, this is one of those where I can't really go. Oh, you should fix it, right? I mean, it's it's there's not like a fi- it's it's just it. I notice it, and and there's not anything I knew to switch that off. Get, so, get some black tape and put it at the top and bottom of the screen. Why would I? <laughs> Do you know? Because that would piss me off more. Because then I'm going. Now I'm just reframing it, just for the sake of it. <laughs> I'm, 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 then, then I'd be as bad as those awful people who stretch or you know or crop whatever you know to fit their TVs. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not those people. Exactly. So stop whining. <laughs> no, I'm whining about the 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 jarring changes, but I'm not going to change it. 
no i no the imax stuff doesn't bother me and the imax footage looks great like it does in this oh, movie it does, yeah. um there's, there's those big aerial shots with all the bridges blowing up there's the uh the entire plane sequence yes the entire plane sequence is fantastic he, they actually dangled people in a plane because no one's a madman and it looks bloody good don't it uh yeah, uh, the, all that stuff. The, the fight in the middle is all IMAX, of course. Most of the stuff at the endings IMAX. It's lots of really great money shots. Um, it's funny. Last ep- last two Batman movies we've been joking about CW actors popping up. No CW actors. However, one Chad Radwell from Scream Queens was in the stock exchange. <laughs> yeah, he was. So there was that. Also, um, I can't remember his name, but the, the dude was on Lost. Uh, he's the cop at the bridge who's like telling them not to cross. That actor. Okay, I know the guy you're on about. Yeah. I can't help with Lost characters. He was, he was in Lost. He was in an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was in an episode... In fact, I think he was casting one of the Resident Evil movies as a good character that I like. But he was totally unfit for the part. But he pops up in a lot of things. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I was recognising faces. I, 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 I think I recognised him at the time as well. I just... I didn't... Uh, I'd just forgotten about him. Whereas Chad Radwell, I did not know who he was. No, but now he is the eternal legend that is Chad, Chad Radwell. Radwell. Yes. Uh, so that was exciting. Uh, also, one of my favorite Bane lines might be this. What a lovely voice! It's a uh, isn't it? Isn't there two lovelies? Two lovelies? Yeah, and that lovely, lovely voice. I may, I may, you may be right. Maybe two lovelies, but it's, it's when the kids sing the national anthem. He's just waiting yeah. in in the wings before he comes out with his big. He's a big thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. If I, if, I, if I have any effects complaint in the whole thing, it's maybe the, the football field uh, blowing up. Yeah. Or I say blowing up, sinking is maybe more accurate. Yes. Uh, the explosion term. going around it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, it's probably the most CG. It's the, probably the only time in the whole movie where I went, oh, that's CG. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the only time I did that. Whereas, you know, the bat looks great. Like, And it's not like they were it actually... Does flying a bat around the buildings but it looks good <laughs> like they spent time in that and money it looks good it does it does i mean like you you, you kind of wish they did a bunch of miniatures right and just did a little remote control one <laughs> i mean i know they did film some like real bat stuff because they had, they had like one that was low down enough where they could actually film it chasing a tumbler but yeah, uh, yeah. obviously when it's like got up in between the buildings and all that obviously that's yeah uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, it looks good. It does. It looks great. Um, and I do kind of like how these series is naturally added to like because obviously there's, there's this thing of like, oh, we had the Batmobile, we have a, no, we need a bat bike, no, we need a bat plane, bat boat. Like it's naturally kind of added one thing each movie without it feeling kind of forced. Especially when the the, the the bat pod ended up being just an extension of the the tumbler. Yeah, it's not felt like they forced all that sort of stuff in. Uh, no, I'm with you. I agree with that. Music is phenomenal from start to finish. Yeah, it is. I love the way they work in that chanting. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Bane's got the chanting. Catwoman's got that little, like, sort of cheeky piano thing. Yeah. Uh, with the, with the strings. Um, you got the big bombastic Batman stuff in the first half, and then you know, return to the the two chords in the back. Yeah, yeah. All that's and you got the great emotional finale, final like theme that plays that goes into the kind of the uplifting part from the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. It's it's real good. The ends with the perfect moment. It's you know, it's this literally you know the new Batman rising. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. It's good. Yeah, I remember when speaking to someone actually after uh, seeing this, where they thought it was set up a fourth film where it was going to be Batman and Robin, and I'm like, I don't think you quite understood the ending of this one. 
it would never have been Batman and Robin. I think there's an argument that you could have had more films in this world. Oh yeah, with yeah with, with, with Levitt playing. I think taking the lead. One of my favorite like fan posters for like, what would to come next. Was it him as Nightwing? It was him as Nightwing, but they put they spelled it with a K. Um, and oh, the, that's good. And the symbol was like the white chalk version almost like above the oh oh that's real good yeah it was beautiful it was it was like yeah that's that's that's, that's the neat wing of this world yes um, yeah oh, that's real good and well i think there's there's an argument that okay maybe we could have had that movie and part of me wants to have had that movie <laughs> that would be super <laughs> well yeah it's not saying much is it yeah um yeah, but there's part of me that goes, well, no, we should leave it here. Just leave yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's the perfect but, ending. It but is... there is also part of me that's like, oh, but God, give me that Nightwing. Because uh, Levitt would make a phenomenal Nightwing. He would. I don't think he's still young enough to do it. If they, <laughs> if they wanted to go down that. It's, uh, it's definitely an older older Nightwing, yeah. isn't it? That said, right. like we said, he's got baby face. I'll, I'll, if they tell me he's 25, I'll believe him. That's not exactly the one I saw before. I was trying to find it to show you. Ah, <laughs> uh, never mind. Is that I'm not afraid of it. Uh, th- that one does use the the white thing though. I'm still going to share this just for the, the purposes of showing you the, how they use the logo. That's just spelled okay, without the K, but um, that's cool. Oh, I'm... didn't see that in the video. <laughs> didn't see that in the video. It peaked in. No, 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 no one saw anything, did they? No, no one saw a thing. I'll blur it. It's fine. Blur it in post. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the idea of t- taking the, the chalk version that he drew and turn that into the Nightwing logo. Into, into, into the blue logo is more the white. Yeah, but no, I mean the, where the, the title is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But do, yeah. do you think the actual, the blue on the Nightwing outfit should have been that white bat, almost? Uh, I don't know if it's a debate. I think you could argue either way. Yeah, okay. Because I, I, I think I actually thought that in the movie the first time I saw it, that when he was drawing the simplified bat symbol, it almost looked like the Nightwing logo. It does a bit, yeah. Because there's less like detail on it. Um, yeah, no, I can see it. But no, I thought that was I thought that was neat. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to complain about or praise? I'm I'm thinking. Do I have any more complaints? <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm really concerned about what I'm going to rate this because I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, like I, I'm sure you you could hear how, how passionate I've been about how much I really love you know most mm. of this movie like, i mean i would maybe offer a critique and say that uh also how we find out the backstory about raz and the, the pit when we get the flashbacks feels a bit weird and out of place for this, the series because the flash yeah. we've had flashbacks in the movie before but we've never had someone tells a story and we get a flashback of that story yeah. it felt it felt like it was out of a different like it felt out of tone for the for the series a it did bit. it did that was pretty much when I first saw this. Obviously, I've got other complaints now, but my one big disappointment when I first saw this was we knew Liam Neeson was showing up. Mm-hmm. And with it being Razzle Ghoul, we were like, are they going there? Right? I never thought they were, though. No, no, I didn't either. Not really. But then. And they tease it when he shows up. He's like, oh, but maybe I am immortal. That, that said, I, I do remember before it came out, there was like people were analysing the scene in Batman Begins where the train goes down and they were like circling things they thought was him jumping from the train to prove that he didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. that happening. But but even in this where they're teasing it when in the, the, the vision, you know, Raz mm. is like, but Raz, our ghoul's immortal. Mm. I'm like, stop bloody playing with it. If you're not um, doing it, don't tease me. I'd, as much as I say the flashbacks felt a bit out of place, I do love that scene. I love Bruce screaming at him, like screaming no, and then it just hard cuts mid-scream. I do really like yeah. that. No, that's good. Uh, 
Because then, then the, the real Batman music starts to kick in as he starts training. It's like, no, no, it's, it's time. He's not quite there yet, but like that's where it starts to feel like it's building towards it. Um, nah, I'm with you. Nah. There's so many moments. I mean, it's probably the most fanboy film in the sense that there's so many like, just great Bat moments where he's either triumphant or he inspires hope or he, he, he like, you know, gets one up on the villain or the villain gets one up on him. But like, I find myself still thoroughly enjoying this movie and I think, well, I think it is objectively the weakest of the three and that it's not the strongest thematically. I still think the themes are there. I still think the character arc for Bruce is there. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. It's good. Like, and I think, I think it's ambitious as some... well. I think if any faults you can give it, I, I think you can sort of trace it back to just it's really ambitious. Like it's trying it to is. do a lot of things. I think it's got the, the comedy beats down better than Begins has still. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Uh, you know, yeah. you mentioned the cop. I think the biggest laugh for me in this movie is... Um, the Gordon's trial, and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> death by exile. Like, oh, you think if you think we're walking out onto that ice, you know, intentionally you got another thing coming. He's like, all right then, death by exile. <laughs> and every time that gives me a good chuckle. No, I like that. Um, I actually love the. Uh, and this is actually fun. Remember how in uh, Dark Knight we had the he does that when he disappears on the roof with Harvey Dent, and that's taken out a long Halloween. Now, I'd read that before I saw Dark Knight. So when I saw Dark Knight, that gave me like a smile, right? Yeah. This was the opposite, where I hadn't read Kingdom Come before I saw this. And maybe a year or two later, I read Kingdom Come for the first time. And the moment in this film where Catwoman, Batman's out the scene, and Batman turns around and goes, so that's what that feels like, right? That moment. That's the moment from yeah. Kingdom Come. It's Superman, it's not Catwoman. But when yeah. I read that in Kingdom Come, I got this giddy smell. I was like, oh, that sneaky bastard Nolan. He took it from yeah. Kingdom Come. Would, would, would have been better if it wasn't in the stupid Bat voice. Because no need. No one's around. I get it. Honestly, the only time his voice bothers me in this film, the only time, and it's the time it's obvious, it's, it's when he's uh, screaming where's the trigger. It's the only time where I'm like, nah, it's too much. Stop it. <laughs> Pull it back. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit much, isn't it? Where's the trigger? too much it, it is borderline comical like you're trying not to laugh it's 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 this big climatic moment and i'm there trying not to laugh because you're bailed screaming this because mm. that's it no that's my point there is i feel christian bale screaming that then i don't it's, yeah. it's not batman anymore. i can see i can feel the actor yeah no i'll give you that moment that moment doesn't uh Fit for me, do I, do I actually what I like about Bane's end? Actually, uh, something that I do really like in, in, in the details here. So Talia leaves and is like, "Oh, we're going to go off and blow up the city, blah 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 blah, um, and make sure the bomb's okay." And she's like, "No, make sure he's alive. I want him to like you know witness the fire. I yeah. want him to witness." And then, as soon as she's gone, Bane's like, "Well, you know, I'm going to kill you, right?" Yeah, no. Like, I, I, there's a joke there to that where he's like, "You'll just have to, uh, you know, Thomas McCann." God's sake! You'll have to imagine the fire, like you. Know, so like. I like that in itself, but then then he loses, and I do kind of like the idea that the moment that he it's kind of like uh and then uh begins almost with how Raz kind of finally like the first the, the moment he he does think something on ego is when he kind of loses right uh, that happens in this this franchise a yeah. lot um but he he loses he does something just for himself out of like his own desire and that's the moment he loses. Just like how in the first half of the film, Batman was destined to lose because it was he was doing everything for the wrong reasons. Yeah, uh, I like that small touch. Okay, it's not bad. Um, as for you know, obviously Bruce is firing the cannons at the the truck. You know, this is the, the each movie has the one moment where you you have to debate you know what he's doing here in terms of death, and 
And I, I do kind of like that letting Raz die does kind of come back. As much as I don't like Talia that much in this movie, I do kind of like that's coming back to bite him because he did make that... Because to, to me, that's a mistake. And he kind of realises that by the end of uh, yeah. Dark Knight because he doesn't Although, let Joker die. Sketchy on her part is like, I hated my father till you killed him. Now I hate you. <laughs> like, right, okay. Again, Talia, weakest part of the movie. So, so the thing is, so he's, he's firing cans at the at the the truck, and I was really paying attention this time watching. I was really looking for it and just seeing exactly what is he doing and how do the characters die. Now, I think technically the driver does die as a result of directly of his blast. I think Talia technically dies because of the fall after the because off the thing. Yeah, I think so. However, I was really paying attention to it. Um, it does see if you're looking for it. It does genuinely look like he's trying to just shoot the front of the, like right in front of it because he keeps hitting the ground in front of them. It looks like he's going for the tires. It really it does. does. Um. So, but is a uh, is just poor aim a good excuse? Well, we know he doesn't use guns. So, I mean, <laughs> well, my, my my argument for this scene has always been that. There's a nuke about to go off, and like if Batman is faced with using a gun versus letting everyone die, he'll do it to get it done. He won't stubbornly yeah. sit and not do it. Um, You'd hope, right? Yeah. So, so to me, it's like, I wish the writers wouldn't put themselves in this corner where he has to kind of bend the rules a little bit, but it, it still feels more true to the character to me than anything in Batman v Superman. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I borderline hate the last 20 minutes of this movie. And I still like all of those 20 minutes better than any of Batman v Superman. And <laughs> Naturally, of course you do. And the other thing is that I'd say that, to me, versus the Raz moment where he says, you know, I don't have to save you, I think the Raz moment's worse. And But again, I think oh, yeah. that the movies do use that intelligently where by the end of the second film, he does not let Joker die and his mistake from the first film comes back to bite him. Like, you know, this is why all this is happening is because he didn't, yes, hold to his ideals uh, yeah. in that final scene. So... Um, it does work thematically for for the film, even even if you know, yeah, sure. If I was writing Batman, it would never do. It. Wouldn't be a problem to begin with, would it? <laughs> yeah, it would never happen. But I like that they use it. It's, it's it's almost that thing where you hope that when they make a mistake in a film like Man of Steel, where oh they'll fix it in the next one, right? They'll they'll they'll, they'll use that and build character out of it. This is actually one of the, the examples where it's not even that big of a problem. The first film versus that, but Nolan actually did do that. He did actually take that and actually he tried. Yeah. He built something out of it, which was kind of nice. I think it was better better in the second movie than it was in this one. I think sure. this one is is he tried. I'm not sure it's quite there, but I, I can at least appreciate the intent. It's like, it's actually way more subtle. It's he's not trying to make plot beats out of it. It's just there. It's there in the subtext. And if you want yeah. to read it, you, you can you can read it that way, and and it I'm works. Um, yeah. I like Blake's character a lot as well. I mean, I don't know if I made that clear earlier, but I actually really like his inclusion and everything he adds no, to the too. film. Yeah. I love that yeah. scene where he, like... Because he's a cop, but he kills the bad guys, right, that are attacking him, and afterwards he, like, throws the gun away. I do kind of like that scene a lot. It does lead to one of my only real complaints mm-hmm. with his character, and that is... So he has that moment there where he throws the gun away. He's horrified, right? And yeah. you think, oh, that's a step to him kind of joining Bruce on that, you know... That path. No guns, John. Literally, the next scene is he's storming into the hospital for Gordon with a gun. With a shotgun, yes. Yeah. Like, I'm like, the very next scene with him. I'm like, wait, what? Didn't he just learn a lesson about guns? I mean, no, I wouldn't read it as he learned a lesson. I think he was horrified in the moment. I think he grabs a shotgun because that's all he's been trained to do. 
I get it. I think it, if if that hadn't come right after he has this and moment, he's he's against the clock. He's racing because he thinks someone's going to kill Gordon. Luckily, Gordon knows what he's doing and you know takes out the guys. No, 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 I, I, I think the, way, the problem is the way it comes off for me is it makes that moment with the gun feel like it has yeah. no weight because he, he chucks it away and he's horrified, right? And then immediately it's, it's like, it, right, where's the next gun? It's a scene transition problem almost. Yeah. it's an editing problem, an or- scene it ordering is. problem. Yeah, more than anything else. It is. Uh, but no, and I like that, and I like you know at the end, obviously, like he's trying to get the kids off the, you know, through the bridge, and because the other guys follow what they've been ordered to so strictly to a T, you know, they almost all get you know trapped with it in the blast radius, um, and that's kind of the final nail is like no, no, Batman accomplished something by working outside the rules, uh, you know, to put it the way Gordon does is sometimes the institution itself is, a, is their shackles, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I love the movie. People, people can uh, levy complaints at it. What, what I think Batman's journey in this, I think, is the arc. I think what he learns, what he goes through, that arrogance that then is turned into failure, that then is turned into like the true realization of the the Dark Knight legacy and the idea of inspiring hope. Uh, him realizing that and using the symbol to inspire hope on his way back, all that stuff, all those moments, the fight with Bane, all that stuff. I love it. So this might still be my favourite of the three. It's hard to say, though. But objectively, I think it's the weakest. If I'm looking at this with a critical filmmaking eye and a, a critical script sort of doctoring eye, I would say this is the weakest of the three. It might still yeah. be my favourite, though, regardless of that. I think it's always been my least favourite, even though it has some of the my, my favourite moments. Uh, in some ways, I, I always come back to Begins being my favourite, mm-hmm. even though it's... It's you know you know I gave it a, a lower score than uh, than Dark Knight, right? But it's got something different in its tone and its mood that mm. just works for me. Um, this one, like I said, I I love so much of this movie, like, I really do. And then and then I kind of hate it. <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> And and the problem is that the chunk that I hate is is the end, you know, where it's supposed to right, all right, let's bring it home. I love that. And it doesn't so for me. See, so whenever I listen to the soundtrack and I listen to that 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 final track rise, and it's, oh, it's so good. It's, yeah. li- it's literally the final seven minutes of the film, the music of that part. Yeah, like, I know. I tear up. Like I every time I watch this film, I'm tearing up. Do you see that speech at the end when Gordon's like speaking at his oh, funeral? Me too. I tear up every time. Every time, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's not like everything in the last twenty minutes I hate. You know, like. I like the the stuff at the the graves with with Alfred and Gordon's speech, right? There's just a lot of it that I have problems with and pretty major problems. But how much does that ruin the rest of them? Because if you told me to watch this movie again right now, I'd still watch it because (laughs) Bane. Here's the thing. The problems you have are not the conceptual problems. The final point that it's making with the legacy living on, with Gordon having like the signal that, again, yeah. with him rising, that final fist-pumping moment still works for you. You shouldn't let some technicalities of, of the, the Alfred and Bruce stuff get you down. Because that's what these are. They're technicalities. There's, no, they are. There's just a lot of them. <laughs> like, like, like I said, from, from Talia's turn, so you, where you have you know her reveal... Undercutting Bane, her death. Um, you've got the, the Gordon moment. I thought was a bit weird. You've got uh, Robin. You've got 
uh, Bruce being seen in you know in, in France. Like, well, that's six pretty big moments in the last twenty minutes that I I outright hate. And I'm like, how much do I need to take away from my love of the movie overall because of those moments? Even though the point of the movie, the point of the ending, I still like. <laughs> Hurry up and rate it, you menace! Jesus Christ, gotta be here all day. We are so. I don't know. It, if you'd asked me, I can tell you before we came into you know before I was watched this. Mm-hmm. Last time I rated it, it was at like a nine or a nine point five. Mm-hmm. And it was a nine point five. Dog half so a point a... and call it a day. Come on. No, no. I don't think that's enough. <laughs> Dog a whole point then. I'm going down to the eight. Go down to an eight. Oh my. Yeah. I'm docking two and uh, one and a half points. So now I shall rate it. Yeah, here comes a ten. <laughs> I mean, arguably I should, because arguably I said I think it's my favorite, and I gave Dark Knight a ten. Ah, uh, yeah, but like, like like I said, is I I still think Batman Begins might be my favorite, and I rated yeah, that lower than, than Dark Knight, which is fair. Um. So the question becomes: Do do I let my my critical, you know, film brain uh, take over your feelings? Take over the feelings a little bit. Uh, do I let the feelings run wild, or do I, do I split the difference? Do I, do I go somewhere that kind of honors both? Doesn't go too high. Doesn't go too low. You know, you know, it doesn't go too low for how I feel, but doesn't go too high for what my critiques are. So I'm going to be conservative. Cool, 9.5. 9.5 is what I'm giving <laughs> See? I'm acknowledging that objectively it is a weaker constructed film than The Dark Knight. But I freaking love it. And I will watch this a hundred thousand times again rather than Batman v Superman. 100,000 times. Ben Affleck could have been a good Batman. He was a shit Batman. He was a shitly written Batman. His costume was too bulky. I don't like almost anything about that Batman. I will fight people I, on this. I, I don't have a problem with his costume, actually. It's too bulky. I don't like it. He's like a tank walking around. There's no agility. Batman should have agility. Uh, he should. I, I don't know. I, I, I thought the costume was... Look... Ears were too short as well, actually. While we're on the subject, ears were too short. Okay, fine. I'll give you the ears were too short. <laughs> that is, as, let's be honest, that's a nitpicky one, isn't it? Um, that's that's as it's bad as It's the first thing you notice, but this is it, is how tall the ears are. Yeah. Even in silhouette. It's... Even in silhouette, you see the ears. You do, you do. That's that's as bad as my thing with the yellow, like right? With the, you know, on, on this suit. Because you barely notice the bat logo. You have to look for the bat. Like, sure. Where is it? Oh, it's there. It's bullshit. Um, but whenever that last movie. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think I don't blame Affleck for. No, I, I don't either. But I'm just, you know, some people yeah. love that version of Batman for some reason. And I don't get it. No, terrible writing. Like truly atrocious. Mur- terrible murder writing. man is what he is. Yeah. Um, still good acting for that portrayal. Like for that script, good acting. I guess. I mean. <laughs> But at that point, I don't care though. <laughs> no, I agree. But disappointing in that, I think he he had the potential to maybe have been the best Batman. And he's uh, done as an actor. He's done. 
Yeah, yeah, we get to start all again in a in a year or two. Hey, Reeves. Matt Reeves, oh, whatever he does, Matt Reeves, I'm sure it's going to be better than that. And what will it live up to these three movies? I mean, I love these. This trilogy, this this may be my favorite trilogy. I agree. But how good is the Apes trilogy? <laughs> oh, the new yeah, the new Apes trilogy is up there. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I think a top ten trilogies is totally a countdown we should do soon. Um, I, I don't disagree, but uh, but no, but that's my point. Yeah. Is, okay, he did two thirds of that trilogy, and it's it's goddamn fantastic. That's true, but does he meld well with the bat? That's the question. We will find out. Does, does one his, way or another, we will know. Does his vision of the bat line up with my vision of the bat? And enough. I, honestly, I think the bigger question is: Does his vision of the bat line up with Warner Bros' vision of the? Bat? Hope not. <laughs> Well, it depends. Like, were Warner Bros. happy with what the the last couple of movies were? I don't know if they are. Uh, I've got no idea anymore. Yeah. I don't think Warner Bros. knows what they think anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, that 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 was uh, that was Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, it was. That is the concluding chapter in the trilogy. Uh, and uh, I I was delighted watching these three films again. It, it had been a few years, so I actually really like like enough time had passed where I was really like there was no burnout or anything. It was just oh yeah, I do I love this. I love these movies. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a good month. Yeah, I mean just 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 today in the shower, I I started doing see at the start of Dark Knight. Um, where you know, just before the the hockey pad did show up, I was doing my dogs are hungry like that 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 line. I was doing that in the shower for some reason. <laughs> You're gonna spend the next three weeks quoting Bane, aren't you? <laughs> Speak of the devil, and he shall appear. It's so good. Oh yeah, I completely forgot Ben Mendelsohn was in this. By the way, so did I. I uh... Aiden Gillen showed up at the stage the yeah. the, uh, the CIA agent. I was like, oh, he's in this. And then your dude from Torchwood uh, is there with a dodgy American Burn accent. Burn Gorman, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 a bit rough on the accent. But I do like Burn Gorman, <laughs> even with his stupid name. Ben Mendelsohn is such a sleazy asshole in this. Like, he kicks Bruce Wayne out of the board meeting and he's like, no, so, so, back to what business. Yeah. What do you mean in this? Oh, he's always sleazy, sure, yeah. <laughs> ben Mendelsohn is the ultimate sleazy ass. And that, now he's been in both a Batman movie and a Captain Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, see, really. see in Captain Marvel, like he's, he plays a scroll, right? That's not a spoiler. He plays a scroll. Um, is he a sleazy scroll? He's got like a sleazy sense of humor, yeah. Um, but see when like, he started speaking, I'm like, oh, that's like Ben Mendelsohn. And you see him, like obviously they can shapeshift, right? And at one point he shapeshifts into this this human. And it's Ben Mendelsohn, right? But he looks so different to normal that I thought, I was like, is it just a guy that sounds like Ben Mendelsohn? Because he looks so different. But it was him. It was his voice. It was, it was, it was yeah, I, I knew he was in the movie for, for yeah. a while. I've not seen it yet, but I knew, I knew he was in there. Looked a bit chubbier than normal. I, I don't know if they intentionally made him look different just because the idea is it's not really him. It's like, even though it's like, yeah. he, he could just, this guy just could look like Ben Mendelsohn. It could just be, you know, as a way of getting him in the movie for a little bit. But, yeah. you know, whatever. Basically, he can, have a, he can have a day out of the makeup chair. Pretty much, yeah. That's, a, that's, that's the whole thing. Uh... Uh, and my boy Coulson's in that movie. That's why you should see it, Connor, because you get you get a Coulson moment or two. I, I, I know. I need, I need my Coulson fix. It's been a while, yeah. but it's just, I can't be asked. <laughs> this is the to realize I can't be asked to go to the cinema. Yeah, and there's a there's a cat with a prominent role, which you know, you'll be delighted by. Yeah, I, I, I hate that. So you know, I'm I'm taking a stand. <laughs> I will not support movies with shitty cats. 
Nah, cat's great. Uh, that is Bedari Rises. That has been Batman Month on 121 in Flux. Hopefully you've enjoyed us digging through them. You've enjoyed the the analysis, maybe the petty complaints. Uh, Connor and this one, me and the first four. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I don't think anyone cares about complaining about Forever and Robin. I feel like people probably have a problem with me. At least Batman. Yeah, and Returns. Some people love Returns, though. Some people love Returns, but more people love Batman. Yeah. I, I, I think even the worst scene in like these three movies is better than like any of those four. No. I won't take that. <laughs> That's fine. Don't have to take it. Because uh, I'll tell you what would have improved this movie. Mm-hmm. Penguin <sighs> Bombers. Piss off, Ginger Menace. <laughs> do, do you know actually what I um? Do you know what, actually that I'm going to make a promise here. So I think next time we do a countdown, you know, we're due one in a couple months. I think we'll do a smaller one and we'll do trilogies. I think I think we've set that up. We've teed that one up. That's fine. I've I've seen enough trilogies. And we'll do at least top 10, maybe top 25. Well, we'll have to sort of do some research and see how many we've got to actually pick from <laughs> and see if top 25 is a feasible thing where we actually like all 25 of our trilogies. They've got to be good trilogies yeah. to 25. Yeah, but top 10 for sure. We'll do a top 10 trilogies. I think that's, a, yeah. that's fun. Um, I've got my top two locked in and Pete's going to hate them both. I can guess your top two right now. Yeah, I know you can. I can, I can tell you right now what cars <laughs> number two and number one are in the correct order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. Most people who listen to to enough of our content probably can. Yeah, and you know, sure, Dark Knight trilogy is going to be near the top for me. Is it actually number one? I don't know yet. I'd have to actually like look and see all the other trilogy options. But the question is, what other trilogies do I put in there to piss Pete off? I can I can think of at least one notable omission that might annoy Pete. That might be fun. You were never going to put that in. You've not even seen the last two of those. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not expecting that to be on your your list. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I could I could fill it at least a good solid top ten. We'll, we'll see. I can it, definitely do a good ten. If not twenty five, maybe twenty. Like, maybe if it's like close, it'll be like, oh, we'll do a top twenty. We'll have to look into it. Yeah, we'll have to look at it and see like how many we've got to pick from. Well, we'll yeah. basically have to go and both make up a list and try and get to twenty five or plus. And, and go see. see if it's happening or not. Yeah. What yeah. would be really funny though is if I came back and said, no, I've got a solid top 20, and you're like, no, I've got 10. It might happen. It's happened before. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, that has been 121 in Flux. Uh, so just to wrap up the show then, thank you very much for watching and listening. Uh, we appreciate it. If you would like to tell us what you think, of course, of the Batman movies, uh, maybe rank the Batman movies if you want in the, in the comments, you can do that. Like, subscribe. Uh, that supports us. But of course, supporting us even more than that is go over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv where you can support us for as little as a dollar per month. You get these in Flux reviews a week early at the $1 as well as some other stuff. You get uh, bonus streams per month. That's Screams After Midnight's the, the horror movie podcast that me and Tim do. So go and have a look at that see if there's anything that strikes your fancy. Um, you can also buy merchandise from our Spreadshirt stores. There's a US and a UK store. Uh, there's links in the description to both uh, with t-shirts and, and hoodies and all that kind of thing uh, if you want to have a look at that. Um, and then otherwise, I think that's us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys. And if you can get it, it's always nice to have diplomatic immunity. What does Ben sound like doing diplomatic immunity? Diplomatic immunity!